0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Tulum, Mexico with my new friend Luke Heidekevich of the Bungie app. Luke travels the world while building his app and he and his girlfriend work remotely in Tulum and fell in love with the hospitality and kindness of the people, the amazing food and incredible beaches. In this episode, Luke and I talk about swimming at the Grand Cenote, day tripping at Zelha, and hanging out at the Papaya Playa Beach Club. You're about these three amazing experiences plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Tulum. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Indulge in the timeless production of O! by Cirque du Soleil, an aquatic tapestry of artistry, surrealism, and theatrical romance performed in, on, and above the water. Intermission is over, now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at circdesilla.com forward slash o, or learn how to enter to win one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Hey Luke, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, really appreciate it.
0: One of the places I always love to travel is, is Mexico. It's like amazing food, amazing people, and like so many fun things to do. And so today we're talking about a city that from what I've heard it's it's primarily like a playground for like the rich and famous. It's called Tulum, Mexico. I've I've always wanted to learn about it and so it's awesome to be able to have you on the show.
1: No, I'm really excited to talk about Tulum and maybe the other side of Tulum that you you haven't heard as much about.
0: Okay, right on. So, what's your connection to the city?
1: So, during the whole COVID time, I figured out that I wanted to go and, and move and, and try somewhere different, and work remotely. So we looked at places that we were able to really kind of dive deeper into, experience the culture, but also I'm a big nature guy and, and we wanted to be able to go to the beaches and go to cenotes and, and get out into the forest and stuff. And Tulum and really fit the bill for all of that. It has really everything you would want when you go to a place to vacation, but also if you're looking to go longer term and consistently have things to do day in and day out.
0: Right. And so like when you're working remotely, obviously, you know, I have a lot of friends that are that are like kind of digital nomads and everything else like that. Was there, like the, there a strong internet connection for you throughout the like your time while you're there? Or like, was it like set up for you to be able to do that remote work?
1: I mean, it's incredible out there, to be completely honest. It's it's built for people that really want to go out there and actually start building a life out there. There's condos constantly popping up. But for the most part, restaurants on the beach, cafes on the beach. And then we had an Airbnb that we were able to really improve the internet at. And, and they're really focused on that. So if you look at Airbnb, you look at hotels, a lot of them will, will actually include what their internet speed is to make sure that you're able to work remotely from there. It's definitely a big priority for them.
0: That's awesome. I mean, even like when I travel, I'm, I'm always like working, like whether it's on the podcast or my blog or, or whatever. So Uh, I love having that high speed internet.
1: (laughs) No, it's crazy. Honestly, like I had a lot of friends that would go down to beach clubs for the day and they just sit there, pay 30 bucks for a beach chair with food and drinks. And then they work from there the entire day. And it's, it's a really cheap way to be able to, to get the internet you need if you're going for a week and you just want to be able to experience the culture and experience the environment while you're out there
0: as well. Plus, like what an awesome work environment. I mean, the, I'm yeah. sure the views of like the beach and like the sand, although it's probably a little bit harder to get work done because like you're, you're like, why am I sitting in front of a computer when I should be out there on the sand and in, in the water?
1: I mean, we say work from home is, is really like we're trying to actually work. But a lot of the times you end up doing this cool stuff in between, take an hour to go in the water, take an hour to go grab something to eat and all of a sudden your day has gone. But uh, it's definitely <laughs> a great place to pretend to work from home.
0: Right on, right on. While you are there, like the experiences you had and everything like that, like if you had to describe the, the people or the city in just like one or two words, how would you do that?
1: Oh, I would say that the word I would use is probably the word peer. The people of Tulum, I would say, are unlike anywhere I've ever actually visited. I think they have an incredible amount of respect for the people that come there. And they're really grateful for just the more simple things in life. I would say a lot of the times when we were in Tulum and a lot of the times we visited other places, um, it's been tough to like, Really get to know the locals, but in Tulum, everyone wants to get to know you. Everyone wants to show you some of their favorite spots, which I think is actually pretty unique. Is like exposing you to the local environment a lot earlier in your journey. So I would say that in general, the people there are amazing, and they have the purest of intentions. They want you to come learn. They want you to understand their culture, and they want to show you like what real Mexico is about, versus just trying to like filter you into the beach community and and kind of the beach strip where you do deal with like kind of more of the rich and famous
0: people. For sure. For sure. And I think by you staying in an Airbnb versus like a hotel on the beach, I think you've probably embedded yourself a little bit more in the community. So you got a little bit more of that feel than somebody else that's just like there for like a few days.
1: Well, I think it's crazy because I I think you're totally right about Tulum is, is that beach strip. uh, You're paying 900 bucks a night for a hotel. I mean, it's, it can be really, really tough to be able to have a sustainable vacation there. The town of Tulum, I would say is an incredible, incredible community. You have unbelievable local restaurants. It's far more focused on their culture and the places are actually a lot more affordable. So versus $900 a night for a hotel, I think we were paying like 60 bucks for a two bedroom right outside of town where you walk five minutes and you have some of the best food I've ever had in Mexico. And you have a 20 minute bike ride to the beach that you're able to just hop on, hop on a rental bike that costs you five bucks a day. And you kind of get everything versus being forced into this one community where you have really expensive restaurants. You have really nice hotels and
0: you don't really get that actual like cultural Mexican feel from it. Oh yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And plus being able to get on that bike a little bit, it helps you work off some of that that incredible food. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, man, like that was, that was our saving grace is honestly hopping on those bikes every day. And especially coming back from the beach, you, you have an exhausting day and you take that 20 minutes and you drive through the community, you stop, you get tacos and you, they have amazing. And probably one of the biggest priorities in the Tulum community is the vegan options, the vegetarian options. And genuinely, like I'm a big meat eater. Like I love to be able to go and get burgers and things like that, but they have done an unbelievable job of creating vegetarian options that are really great for everyone, not just vegetarians. So it's an awesome place to go try something maybe a little bit different in terms of your food and what you're what you're comfortable with, because they kind of have a little bit of everything. uh, But it's
0: definitely prioritizing vegetarian options. Oh, for sure. We'll we'll talk about some of the food spots in a, in a couple of minutes. But first, let's talk about like whenever I've been to Mexico, like the weather's been pretty phenomenal. Uh, all the trips I've taken, like what's the weather like there in, in Tulum, and are there certain festivals or other events that happen throughout the year that maybe if, if somebody's looking to plan their trip, they want to plan a trip around that?
1: I would say actually, the weather there is probably the thing you should be most wary about when you come to Tulum. So, something that not a lot of people will tell you is that there are certain seasons in Tulum from like January to I think it's April where the seaweed comes and washes up on the beach and it's very difficult to even get in the water. So we went in November ish. And that was like fantastic, like white sand beaches, gorgeous, beautiful. But there are times of the year where you should really do your research and make sure you're going when the beaches are clear and things like that happen. You can find all that information online, but I've had friends that have gone and been like, we weren't even able to get in the water. So I would say in terms of the weather, beautiful all year round, like in terms of, Heat, what like heat, everything like that is awesome. Um, but there's definitely a ra- rainy season. There's definitely like a seaweed season that you should be aware of before you plan your trip. And generally, the seaweed season is when you'll have the cheapest tickets to get there and things like that. So I would definitely look into that before you uh, book your trip to Tulum.
0: Yeah, there's sometimes there's a reason when the ticket is really cheap. There's a reason why. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. I would say in terms of like festivals, concerts, the stuff you read about Tulum in terms of being like the party capital of Mexico is definitely still true. I'd be remiss to say like, hey, you need to go for this concert or this festival because generally all year round, there's huge parties, huge beach parties. You can get down there whenever you really choose to. Uh, I would say like figure out who you're going to see, like who you'd want to see and then build it around that because normally all the biggest artists are going down there at least for a weekend to do live shows and things like that.
0: Oh, that's really awesome. And when you're also talking about the weather, I think one of the things also that people need to think about is like the the hurricane season, right? Like when when do the hurricanes kind of uh, hit that Tulum area sometimes?
1: So I think that, that also is pretty closely associated. So it's, it's September, October is hurricane season. Then you have this like three or four month period, which I think is the best time to go, which is like right around Thanksgiving in between Thanksgiving and Christmas time. is like when we went and, and stayed for about a month and a half. And I, I literally don't think it rained one day. And then near the beginning of the next year, that's when the seaweed starts coming in. I think it's a lot, it has a lot to do with tides and all that stuff. So I would say that is your sweet spot. And then I think also on the other side of it is like that May-ish time frame is also really, really great uh, to go to Tulum.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, when people are planning their trip to come down there, like, uh, you know, I was planning my trip to Cozumel for later on this year. And I know that Cancun is is probably like the biggest airport that's, that's where a lot of people fly into. But is that the best way to get to Tulum, like fly into Cozumel, then like take a, like a car or taxi down there? Like, what's the best way to get there?
1: Yeah. So there this is actually a really interesting part of Tulum is there's no like airport that goes in there. So you have to fly into Cancun. And it's about an hour and a half drive. So you can pay a taxi driver or you can rent a car. There's actually a central bus system that is absolutely phenomenal. It's eight bucks and you literally just like throw your bags in the bottom. It's air conditioned, it has movies, it has Wi-Fi, it has everything you need. It gets you right into the center of town. In about an hour and a half it stops through playa del Carmen so if like you want to do like a day trip you can stop get off and then come back onto the bus later in the day but i would say that is by far the cheapest by far the most efficient way to travel the taxis will, will run you up if you're coming from the airport just because they know you're traveling a long distance like an hour and a half and this bus is super easy the only issue with it i would say is you have to buy tickets at the airport you'll come out with literally no plan you'll see all these taxi drivers and then on the right side there's all these booths with, with buses and you'll see the central bus system where basically you'll be able to get a ticket for the next bus out of there. And that's how we did it going into Tulum. That's how we did it getting out of Tulum. And we never had any
0: issues. Wow, oh, that's all. That's awesome to know because I, I've heard so much about Tulum and I've been really wanting to visit, but I know I don't want to rent a car when I'm there and I don't want, I don't want to deal with all that, but uh, I know that it's, like you said, it's about an hour and a half south of Cancun. I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to get there? And it seems like sometimes it's kind of like a hassle, but it's good to know that, that, that bus option is, is like, it sounds very comfortable. And you know, for me it, in my heart, it's uh, it's affordable and frugal. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, that, that's the thing
1: is I would say the renting a car thing down there is an absolute nightmare. And in general, everything in Tulum, like, like you'll see if, if you go to the beach strip, it's a one lane road. So you've got loads of taxis and honestly the the bikes go faster so like we rented bikes for the entirety of our trip at like eight bucks a day and just had them always on hand to be able to get down there get back and honestly we were probably able to get around the beach trip faster than a lot of the taxis are renting are paying for to rent a car would and honestly it's very difficult to park unless you're living in town because the beach trip has no parking
0: oh for sure for sure and then like you mentioned like okay once we're in town it sounds like you, you kind of you would recommend people stay away from like that beach as far as booking a hotel because it's so expensive so it's better to kind of look for a hotel or a Airbnb or something along along those lines inside uh, the city and then basically just make your little uh trip down to the beach whenever you want to and the rest of the time kind of enjoy the city right
1: Oh totally I mean I think it depends on what your intention is with your trip if you're we're, we're very uh, hands-on travelers. We want to be a part of the culture. Like when we've gone to Bali, we've gone to Ubud instead of Seminyak, which are like the two different towns, one's nature, one is party. I think if you're going and you're like, I'm going to drink all day, drink all night, being on the beach strip, it can be like a movie. Like you have like crazy beach clubs that are going all day. You have crazy clubs going all night. And like, if you have the money and you're willing to do that, that's great. I think if you're looking to experience the culture, have amazing food options like day in and day out. And also like eat like $1.50 tacos, you have really, really amazing options in town. And you're also not going to pay a crazy price. It's really easy to get into the beach strip when you want to. So it depends on what you're doing. We weren't big like party everyday people. But at the same time, if you were, I would say like spend the money. But if you're not definitely try to stay away from doing the beach club, because you're going to go into town a lot anyway to try the cenotes, try the different food
0: options and things like that. That makes total sense. I, I, I travel with my kids most of the time, so I'm not going to be hanging out doing partying all day because, <laughs> yeah. uh, one, it's like uh, not being a responsible parent, but two, I can't get my my kids drinks, and they're probably not getting getting into the club anyways. Right. No, no way.
1: <laughs> well, it's like, like the thing is a lot of them, you have to buy a seat for the day. So like, if you go to papaya playa, it's like the biggest one there. It's like 120 bucks for the seat for two people. I mean, that includes obviously your food and drinks, like those come into the bill. It's basically like a required minimum spend, but the issue can be like, if you're coming with four people, like you've got to get two beach chairs. So I would say like, be very aware of when you go to that beach area, there are a million different beach clubs, all of which A lot of them don't have the marketing that a Papaya Playa does or some of these other major, major hotels. So if you're like, hey, I don't want to spend $120, I would recommend just walking down the beach and just like going into places until you find one that you're comfortable with or using some sort of like app functionality that allows you to really look for the best options along the beach strip. Because again, you can get
0: kind of raked over the coals if you just go to the one that you found on Google. For sure. And and remember that, Mexico has a negotiation culture, right? So, absolutely. Every, everything is negotiable, you know, and so never pay the full price. Like, always talk and, and negotiate down whenever you can. Uh, you mentioned cenotes a couple times, and I learned about these the first time when I did my interview for Cancun. And uh, it sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, and I have yet to be able to go actually to go visit one. So, can you tell us a little bit about cenotes and like maybe where we can find some nearby? Cenotes are basically like these underwater
1: cave systems that are either freshwater or saltwater where they, it's like the craziest blue water that is almost within the jungle. So like you'll you'll be able to walk up through the jungle to these like little outlets where you walk down and it's these gorgeous sw- basically swimming pools where you're able to swim through the caves and depending on what you want to do like we snorkeled in Tulum so it was all like above water, very, very comfortable and really great for all ages. They, they give you life jackets, they give you everything you need. But I scuba dove back when I, I think I was like 15 or 16 years old. We went to a halo climb, which is basically where the saltwater and freshwater mix in a cenote and it, it creates this like crazy, crazy thing where the water is almost like fuzzy because of the, the mixture of the water. So really, they're all over Mexico because they're the, these crazy systems that I think are just like naturally occurring. But I think. Tulum alone has like 10,000 of these things. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's an awesome place. They actually call it the home of the cenotes. So like if you're into the jungle, if you're into like going in and just being able to swim in these really remote areas, I wouldn't recommend going and like trying to find them yourself. They're all over the internet. And I would just look up like the 15 or 20 best cenotes and you can take them all off in a day. They have like a really cheap entrance fee of like six bucks where you get like water and life jackets and everything, and they're all totally varying in size. So like some are tiny holes, but then you'd have to like dive in five to 10 feet and then you can swim around and some are like, you can walk in comfortably. So depending on who you're traveling with, the extremeness you want out of the cenote, it can be a really, really great way to spend a
0: day. Oh, that's fantastic. And so is this something that, that the average person would be able to just do on their own or or is like a, should they book a tour? What's that kind of like the safe way to do? Because I know a lot of people Like they hear like all these like horror stories in Mexico and all these other things like that. People are a little scared sometimes, right? So uh, is it something that's safe to go by yourself or is it something that you need to book a tour uh, through the hotel or somewhere local in, in the city?
1: I would say that in general, what you can do is I would do my research online, find a couple that you're interested in, and then you just tell a taxi driver where you're going. Normally, like some of them you can just walk to if you're coming from town. Some are like a 10 to 15 minute drive. But in general, once you're there, it's very, very self-explanatory. It's not like insanely remote where you're going to be the only person there. Like they have lifeguards at a lot of these. So like it's very much like it's it's not a, hey, like get really connected to nature and go dive in a hole by yourself. It's more like, hey, here is something that you should go to. I would recommend going early in the morning before a lot of people get there because some of them like the Grand Cenote is like famous in Mexico as one of like the, the key landmarks of Mexico. So I would say if you go early, you have – these places almost to yourself but you also have lifeguards you have people that are that are watching people and a lot of times like with younger kids they'll make you put life jackets on so it's definitely focused on being safe but i would say that you don't need to book a tour to go see them because there's nothing like you're not swimming through and then you're going to get lost there's a lot of open water with them with them
0: okay that makes a lot of sense yeah i I just you always wonder like okay is it like like you said, am I going to be the only one around or is it more like a, comm- yeah. like, more like a commercial enterprise where it's like, okay, there's like a legitimate business there that's doing their thing. And like you, like you said, you pay your fee, they have the lifeguards, they have the, the life jackets and everything else. So that's that's awesome to know that that's the way that's set up.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the fee itself, it, it goes towards the government and actually to um, continue to maintain these cenotes and keep them healthy. So I would say, honestly, it's something where you're not going to feel bad about giving them 10 bucks because it's going to go into new life jackets, paying the lifeguards and doing those things to kind of maintain the safety as, as well as the environment around these things, because they are absolutely gorgeous when you see them.
0: Right on. Now, uh, speaking of like water and like water activities and things like that, uh, obviously there's the beaches there. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, but there's another place like, uh, I think it's called like Zelha.
1: Yeah. I mean, Zelha is literally like if you're going to Mexico and you're in this area, uh, whether it's Playa del Carmen or Tulum, I would highly recommend spending a day going to a place like this. It's a water park, but it's a natural water park. So they, they have like one or two slides, but a lot more of what it is, is it's a lazy river that's actually built into the environment. So it, it's an actual river. And then alongside the sides of it, they have ropes courses and, and obstacle courses, and they have the ability to do zip lines into the water. So like you're on your, your tube, like you are at any water park. And then you can just kind of pull over, swim over to one of these things and do it. Um, and it's also all inclusive, all you can eat, all you can drink while you're there. So like they have alcoholic drinks. If you're coming with kids, it's an awesome option because you can get them snorkels. You can do all that stuff while also like having some adult time and going down the, the lazy river and having a couple drinks. And you can spend your entire day there. So we got there at 9am, we left at 8pm and it was the best way. It is a little bit spendier, but like in terms of, the way to spend a day. If you're looking to either party or take the kids somewhere, it's an awesome place to do it.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. I think it's one of those things that sometimes I, I try to stay away from like all inclusive spots, but sometimes it, it, it's actually more affordable, even though it's like more upfront, it's more affordable. Cause when you, when you travel with kids, like I'm hungry, I want a snack, I want a drink, I want this, I want that, or they drop things or whatever. You're like, Oh my God, it's so much money. Right. And just being able to pay that one flat fee and going, okay, kids, have whatever you want. If you don't like it, okay, throw it away and order something else you like because kids are notoriously picky and someday like you order their their favorite food and they're like, nope, I don't want that today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, it's absolutely frustrating, you know, so don't have kids, everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, kids are wonderful. You know, sometimes I, I hesitate because it's like that upfront cost, but sometimes in the long run, it's actually better to – just pay that fee and be able to have a wonderful experience without having to worry about pulling out your wallet every time uh, something is needed.
1: Well, it's crazy too, because I think a lot of the time when you think of all-inclusive, you also think of like the bastardized version of it, of like a hotel all-inclusive. And I think if you're an adult, they do shots, they do like real drinks. It's not like where you have like a single drink that you can order throughout the day. If you want a long island iced tea or you want a rum and Coke, they do those. And it's like a, a generous pour. So you're not worried about like, Hey, like I've got a drink 15,000 calories to be able to get the alcohol that I'm looking to get out of this day. But for kids also like it's all you can eat soft serve and they have every single option that a kid could want in terms of actual food. And the fact is the lines aren't crazy long either for all that food. So like you, you show up and you can walk right to the front and get a soft serve and then go and like find your way to the lazy river. Or you can like grab a drink and hang out by the pool and, and do all that stuff along the way as well. So I would say in general, and it's 100% worth your money, especially if you're like, hey, like we want to have a party day. Like You can go to a beach club and blow a couple hundred bucks in a snap. This is something where you can go and it's basically no worries. You paid for it three weeks ago and now you're totally on your own and you can do whatever you want, which is awesome. And they have lots of taxis and stuff there. So I would recommend not driving a car if you're an adult going there. Just like get there, grab a taxi on the way home. And I think it should end up being like 20 bucks to pay for your ride home if you're going into town or, or to the beach clubs.
0: Okay. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Especially like you said, if it's all inclusive and drinking all day, definitely don't be driving home.
1: Yeah. So. hundred <laughs>
0: percent. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the food uh, that's there in Tulum. I know you've mentioned uh, a couple of times there and it sounds amazing. What are some of like your favorite restaurants and like some of the favorite like culinary experiences that you had?
1: So I would say that if you're in town, you're looking for something that's like a lot more like quick go and grab, Masha Mama is an amazing place. It has really really cool outdoor seating and they have loads of different smoothie options from like something that's super protein and and like peanut butter based that's really good if like you're really trying to fill up versus something that's super light and has a lot of fresh fruit in it that's from the area. I would say that's an amazing amazing option. Also in the town you have things like Brito More and Humo which are a little bit more like higher end I would say but also really like everything here is between 10 and 15 bucks in reality. And and that's, what's really exciting about this versus the beach area is like you go and two people, you spend 45 bucks for drinks and food. And you're like having the best Mexican food you've ever had. So I loved burrito more. I loved humo. I would say that those are two really great. If you only have two days in Tulum, those are places you should go. My favorite place was actually, um, I might butcher the name here. Antojito's La Chimpanieca. It's a, crazy little like taco shop they they serve all the food on like christmas plates so it's like very (laughs) it's, it's it's grandmothers in the back cutting the meat off the spit crazy tacos and your entire bill there will be like four bucks for all you can eat tacos horchata everything that's like super authentic and it is the coolest environment that one's cash only so i'd recommend like always having cash in tulum uh just because taxis don't take cards And most of the time you're going to use cash for almost everything, but that is by far my favorite place. And if you're going to like more of the beach community, there's Ziggy's, which is like really good food options, really fun party place. And then Liquido and Isolito is another completely vegetarian option that is just absolutely delicious and has like really, really great drinks too. So I would recommend like if you're going for a happy hour or something like that, Liquido Isolito is fantastic.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, There's so many good options. Like my wife, she's Hispanic. And now that we live in Nashville, <laughs> there's not exactly a lot of uh, good Mexican <laughs> food here versus uh, where we lived in California. And so every time we go down to Mexico, she just gets her fill and, and just loves being able to eat all the amazing food there. So thanks for sharing all these amazing tips for Tulum. Now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Tulum, where should they go and what should they eat?
1: Antojito La Cipanica, go get as many tacos tacos as you can get. They're absolutely fantastic. And make sure you get a horchata on the side.
0: Right on. Okay, so you were there for for actually just a brief period of time, really, only a couple months. But I'm sure you still created some amazing memories while you were there. What's one of your most memorable?
1: One night I was walking home. We walked past this little corner store, uh, and there was a little TV in there. And I saw all of these people from the community basically sitting outside on benches where they brought couches out and they were watching this TV and it was literally like the purest like take a second to appreciate everything you have moment and I will never forget it for my entire life these people love this community they love everything that they're putting into it and they have such an amazing sense of community that they want to bring you into it and that was kind of the moment that solidified like my love for the area
0: well that sounds amazing I think it's one of those things that I'm gonna to try to book like a longer trip there to kind of experience some of that as much as I can So speaking of like happy moments and everything else, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Tulum?
1: Oh, I would go to Liquido Isolito. It's right on the the beach strip. It's cheaper than a lot of the beach strip and they have amazing drinks with crazy uh, garnishes and things like that. So I would highly recommend going there for a happy hour.
0: Cool, cool. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in, in Tulum?
1: Pizzeria Mangalar, another place in town, absolutely fantastic, and they have a really, really cool skyline, so you're able to, like, almost see through the roof.
0: Oh, perfect. Uh, so you and I met through like, uh, through, like, you you were actually a listener of the, of the podcast, and then you actually have a, an amazing app we're going to talk about here in a couple of minutes. Uh, so based on all that, like, yeah, I know you have a lot of different travel tips. Uh, what's one of your favorite?
1: Fort Tulum, be comfortable in the uncomfortable. The town area is going to take you back for a second. It's going to make you a little nervous from the United States just because there's nothing on the roads. There's very little sidewalk. But when you get into that town, you are not going to regret a single second you have there. The people, the food, the drinks, everything there is fantastic. And I don't think you can do it in one day. You need to spend a couple days exploring that town.
0: The way you've explained it, I mean, it sounds like, I definitely don't want to be there just for a couple of days. Like I think I would miss out on so much. And I, I think you need to be there for, for longer to be able to kind of really immerse yourself in the culture. So definitely want to stay there for a longer period of time. Luke, I really appreciate you coming in the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Tulum. I've learned a lot and now I'm like super motivated to book a trip, but uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then tell us a little bit about your app.
1: Yeah. My name's Luke. I've been traveling since I was, a young kid. I went to Sydney, Australia when I was a sophomore in college and was totally bitten by the travel bug, have done almost all of Europe, Bali, Sydney, Australia, Melbourne, Australia, Banff, a lot of Canada, a ton of Mexico, and and basically all of the continental United States. And I lived in Hawaii for a while. So I have been all over the place. And through that, I've recognized a lot of the times that staycations, experiencing a place makes it a lot more fruitful of an experience. And I, I thought it was really sad people that they would go for a weekend or go for five days and they weren't able to experience that because they didn't have the time. So through that process, we've really built an app that's focused on bringing that local experience to everyone. It helps utilize local talent and local recommendations to go to places that are sustainable and bringing more money back to the local economy. So we're only four and a half stars and better. We algorithmically create daily plans for you. So if you have a place you want to go, you plug it in. And it'll give you a whole plan that's within walking distance. And we're really, really focused on giving back to these communities, bringing more money to them, and really uh, improving your your travel experience to more of a local experience versus the canned here's where you go because it's on Thrillist, Condé Nast, or on Google.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, can you tell us the name of the app, and then like, what's the best way for somebody to, to download it?
1: The name of it is Bungie, and you can follow us on Instagram or TikTok, under travel Bungee, b-u-n-j-i and we're always welcome to include more locals on the app so if you're ever interested in getting involved we're more than happy to have you
0: that'd be amazing yeah so if somebody's looking for that we'll have links in the show notes that way it makes it easy for you to be able to find the app and find the social media handles luke i really appreciate you coming on the show and we look forward to seeing when we travel there
1: yeah looking forward to seeing you and meeting you in person sometime soon
0: What an awesome conversation with Luke. I can't wait to swim in one of those beautiful cenotes the next time I visit Mexico. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Tulum. We want to say thank you to Cirque du Soleil for being today's sponsor. Intermission is over. O by Cirque du Soleil is now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at cirqueusoleil.com forward slash O. Or learn how to enter one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Join us next time as we visit Los Angeles, California to speak with my new friend, Danny Jensen, the author of Secret Los Angeles. In this episode, Danny and I talk about catching a show at the Magic Castle, climbing the secret stairs, and concerts at the Hollywood Bowl. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.